You guys know how much I love nursing schools. Well, we have another one that wants us to tell you about their MSN and DNP family nurse practitioner programs. Samuel Merritt University has been educating nurses for over 100 years. And right now, they are offering tons of scholarship opportunities starting at $10,000 for both of these programs. You know, I'm in the midst of getting my MSN. And let me tell you, I wish I would have known about these scholarships when I first enrolled. Visit them at smumsn.com and show them how much you appreciate them for sponsoring our podcast. That's smumsn.com. Before we get started with the show, I just want to take a moment to thank Trusted Health for continuing to sponsor our podcast. We appreciate them so much. We want you to understand just how amazing this company really is. They are so good to their nurses. I hear from so many of you who are working for them now who have had amazing experiences. And I have heard from a lot of people who have tried travel nursing and were not happy at all with the experience that they've had. So I know that this company is so different than so many other travel agencies out there. So even if you're just a little curious about travel nursing, go to their website at trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse. Be sure and put the forward slash good nurse in there so that they know that we sent you there. Fill out a profile and you can see what jobs are waiting for you out there. You can see what they pay, what the stipend is, and just see what your options are. That's trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse. everybody, this is Dina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, and welcome back for another episode of True Crime and talking just nursing and all sorts of topics. We have a really good show planned for you. First of all, we have for our Bad Nurse story, a story that is truly unbelievable. It's inexplicable. I don't, after you hear the story, you're going to be scratching your head going, it's just hard to believe that a person would do what this nurse did. And then for our good nurse story, uh, for you pet lovers out there, I love this. I hear from you guys sometimes. You send me emails and you're like, you know, could you give me a trigger warning for if there's anything about pets, which that's so sweet. So I try to remember to do that now. So for you guys, I have a really good good nurse story that has to do with pets. I will warn you though, it might be a little sad. It's somewhat of a sad topic. So, um, And then we have my favorite joke ever, which happens to be the funniest joke in the world. So it's literally been called that and labeled that. So it's official that it is the funniest joke in the world. So stick around for the end of the podcast when we tell the funniest joke in the world. And David and I just randomly talk about stuff. (laughs) So David with Nurse Papa is here. Thank you so much for coming back to record another episode. Yeah, Tina, I've been here since the last episode, just sitting in in your garage. Um, I was hoping that maybe somebody would have Brought me some water or something. I'm feeling a bit parched. I know. You've collected a lot of dust. <sighs> and Yeah, that's just what happens. <laughs> starting to smell a little. <laughs> I mean, I could use a dusting off, but um, <laughs> I'm here. Well, we're really happy to have you here. I'm, I'm really thankful for you to be here. I love your podcast, and I know my listeners love your podcast, too. And for those, of, those people who are listening that might not be familiar with your podcast— Tell them a little bit about it, Nurse Papa. Yeah, I mean, Nurse Papa is a podcast for all parents and all people, really, all people who love stories. And in each episode, I take a deep dive into a story of parenthood and hopefully come out on the, on the other side with some kind of wisdom about what it all means. Um, and on other episodes, I take a letter from some of my listeners, parent listeners usually, about a problem they are having in raising their kids. And it's a lot of fun. 
Um, and I'm you know looking forward to the next episode because it is a Father's Day special. Father's Day is this month. And I think in particular, your listeners will really enjoy it because I know you're all into true crime. And I've been thinking a lot about all the people who appear on Tina's show, even if they want to or not. And it seems like most of these people have a vision of what they want their life to be. And that vision is just rudely interrupted by something I like to call reality. And then they react very, very poorly. And parenthood is exactly that. I myself had many ideas about how I thought my life as a dad would be. And all those ideas were just blown to bits the moment that child popped out, popped out into the world. And in this episode in particular, you hear about a very normal visit to the aquarium goes absurdly wrong. And you know, right now you'll hear what I thought it was going to be like. And if you stay to listen to the whole episode, you'll see what happened. I was easily far more excited about this edifying oceanic experience than either of my two kids were. I had built up a narrative in my mind for how wonderful it would be. I could picture it all, just like it was a movie on the Hallmark Channel. The scene opens with me holding both my kids up against the glass of the neon blue jellyfish tank. My kids' eyes are wide and their mouths are gape. Wow. We all wonder in amazement at the nebulous floating forms in the tank. As the camera pans closer, my kids ask thought-provoking questions about the lives of these creatures before us. With a knowing smile, I answer their curiosity with thoughtful responses, aided heavily by the information placards which I could read, but the kids could not. You are so smart, Papa. Tell me more about the lives of these fascinating invertebrate creatures. Plead both my kids, even the boy, who could barely string together two words in a row. Inspirational orchestral music begins playing in the background. As the cloud around us erupts into good-natured applause, and the mayor of Carmel, California, hands me my long-awaited Dad of the Year trophy, the happy scene fades to black. The end. So I guess we can get into our bad nurse story. Let's this do is it. the story. Yes. This is the story of Jennifer Hyatt. Jennifer was born February 11th in 1974. She was 30, 31 at the time that this incident took place, originally from Utah. She was a prison nurse. She was contracted by Correctional Medical Services to work at the Northwest Correctional Complex in Tiptonville, Tennessee. Oh, my gosh. She's a hometown girl. Mm-hmm. Hometown girl. But not really, because Tennessee is a long state. Oh, and so yeah. she's over there on the other side. You've got, but- you've got quite a few cities in that state, huh? Yes. And we cross, it's just, it's a very strange state because by the time you get from the Eastern side all the way to the Western side, it looks totally different. The people act totally different. Their dialects are different. Their, their accent, everything uh-huh. about them. It's just weird. No, is, Ten- it's just, is Tennessee a Native American name? Do you know? It sounds like it might be derived from that. Oh, um, I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Actually, it's very possible, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. I tested your knowledge on that. <laughs> I don't care. It's fine. And Tina, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jennifer Hyatt is an heir to the world famous Hyatt Hotel Empire, correct? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and just say no without doing any research on that oh, whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, you're probably right. I thought I saw something in the notes about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. Don't think so. 
According to her own memoir, (laughs) written in prison, she was vulnerable from a young age. She had divorced and uninterested parents and pretty much free reign to do whatever she wanted to to do. And so that ended up causing her to be in different situations with abusive men, lots of drugs. And despite writing that she had been involved in criminal activity, she didn't have a record, a prior record, or any known arrests up until this whole thing took place. You don't have a record until you get caught, do you? Mm Mm-hmm. So... She got pregnant when she was about 18 years old. She found her husband to be in the arms of another woman, but they married anyway. Good. They had two more children. She claimed that he would, quote, sell her off when the couple was short on cash for drugs and other things. The marriage ended and she married again and began an affair with her new husband's friend. Wow. So in the mid-2001, she left all of that behind and moved to Tennessee with her children and at that point, the memoir stops. So is that because she ran out of toilet paper? Because she I think she so. was writing the memoir on toilet paper, I believe. Like all the sheets were like full of work. They were just like dangling from it was the all season. Over the walls. <laughs> it got pretty creepy pretty quick. Okay, all right. Yeah, but she. I mean, at the, by this point in her life, where her memoir ends, she really had endured a lifetime of criminal activity, manipulation, tragedy, lots of things going on, as a lot of us have endured. Yes. So she meets the man by the name of George Hyatt while working as a correctional nurse. Now, what do you think? Who do you think George Hyatt is? Do you think he's maybe a fellow officer? Do you think maybe he's somebody that works in the cafeteria? Who do you think George Hyatt is? He's definitely not an heir to the Hyatt Hotel family. No, that he is I'm not. I'm sure of. Right. He, he had a history of escaping police capture. He escaped at least five times between 1990 and 2002. Pled guilty to a charge of armed robbery before all of this took place. And he was two years into a 35-year sentence oh my. for armed robbery. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. When all this happened. So as Jennifer tells it, it was love at first sight. She would do absolutely anything for him. I think we should take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. What do you think, David? Absolutely. Which one is it? So we have a new sponsor. It's Echo. It's spelled E-K-O. And basically, it's a technology that you attach to your stethoscope that amplifies the stethoscope 40 times whatever the normal is Mm -hmm. for your normal analog stethoscope. It is really amazing technology. So this company, Echo, I actually reached out to them because I was interested in their stethoscope. And then they replied back and they were like, hey, we'll send you a stethoscope. So they sent me one of their really nice stethoscopes. And the one that they sent was not just the technology. They sent the 3M Littman Core Digital Stethoscope. It's the Cardiology 4 Littman, which is a very nice stethoscope in and of itself. And if you listen just with that, without the technology button turned on, it is amazing. And you'll just be blown away at how wonderful it is. But then you press the button. And I'm telling you, I do this to every nurse I can at work. I'm just like, put this on, you have to listen. And I always like wait before I push the button and let them listen first without it. And they're always like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna push the button. And they they just can't believe it. It really is a cool stethoscope. It's amazing. I love the technology. And for nursing students and new grads who are a little insecure, maybe about their their ears and their listening skills to be able to hear, you know, auscultating different breath sounds and bowel sounds and all the heart sounds, the murmurs, you can hear everything with this. It's really cool. That sounds amazing. And Tina, I'm not actually in your garage now. I was kidding about that. (laughs) 
We're about 2,000 miles away from each other. Is that about right? Yes. Do you think that you could use the echo and hear my heartbeat from 2,000 miles away? Can we try that? I'm not sure if it's that good, but (laughs) if you you were here, trust me, it would be amazing. I would like to try it sometime. I'm always listening to babies. I think it's... David is a pediatric oncology nurse. We didn't say that earlier. We did not say that. He's a pediatric oncology nurse. That's That's what I do. Every time I think about it, I'm just like, (laughs) so precious. I I love it that there are nurses out there who are willing to do that job and great at it and just, you know, can be encouraging to families and, and children in that situation. I just love it. There's a nurse for every job, Tina. You know that. Yes, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. There's plenty of nurses that are like, I would not want to do what you do. <laughs> so anyway, you guys definitely go to echohealth.com and it's spelled E-K-O health, like H-E-A-L-T-H, if I spelled that right. Echohealth.com. H-E-A-L-T-H. Yes, that's right. Uh, I'm not sure I can spell Go to echohealth.com and you can use a promo code, the promo code GNBN. And what does that stand for? Get 20, it, spelled, it stands for good nurse, bad nurse. That's right. <laughs> and you'll get $20 off of your stethoscope if you decide to get one. I th- definitely think you should go there because you can listen. There's this technology actually connects to an app on your phone and it can record the sounds. It's a free app and software that allows you to visualize, record, you can share, live stream, analyze heart, lung, and uh, other body sounds. So it's telehealth ready. It's amazing. Yeah, it is it is amazing. I promise you that. And you definitely should go to echohealth.com and check it out. But if you decide to get one, enter the GNBN promo code so you get $20 off. Do it. So I guess we can get back to our story of Jennifer Hyatt and her husband, George Hyatt, she started sneaking things in like food. Um, and she was caught multiple times doing this. Eventually she was fired, which is weird. I think if they caught you one time sneaking stuff into a, an inmate that that would be like, okay, you're gone. Yeah. Maybe they're having trouble finding nurses though. Yeah. That's a good point. Who knows? That's kind of sad actually. It is. But that's probably true. I mean, it's probably really hard to, to get nurses to work in prison facilities. I think it's not it's not easy. It's a challenging so, job, right? As you know, um, I am doing travel nursing right now. I'm actually, I started doing travel nursing with Trusted Health and this wasn't supposed to be a commercial, but I, now that you say that I'm working with another nurse who said she did some travel nursing and she was a correctional nurse for a while. She said it was the easiest job she's ever had. I was just like, what? She said, yeah, because you're really protected the whole time. It's actually, you feel safer than you do in a hospital with the patients and you're in a room by yourself, you don't have an armed guard there with you. So I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense. And she said, sometimes the prisoners actually will protect you from each other. Okay. And so they kind of know if they, if, if one of them crosses the line, they're going to have all these other prisoners be like, yo, that's the nurse, you know, you should don't be mess with messing her. with her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I, I thought that was interesting. I, I had thought that it would be a difficult job and, the way she made it sound, it's not. It's she's like, it's a piece of cake. It's really easy. So there you go. You know, inter- interesting little yeah. little side note. I wonder if we can get any federal prisons to sponsor this show. Uh, let's not. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to enter that kind of <laughs> society. I try to. Yeah, I try to. I try to have people sponsor that I you know can get excited about. That's I don't true. know that I can get excited about. Okay, that. fair enough. <laughs> but she she was sneaking stuff in for George, caught multiple times. Eventually, she did get fired because she just was not able to apparently 
she just could not stop herself from bringing in things to this man. So she married him. She, they did get married, of course. Obviously, they have the same last name. And that was in May of 2005. They got married at the prison. It was a beautiful wedding, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably not a flower girl, but we'll... Mm. We don't know. So a few a few short months later, George had a hearing at the Kingston Courthouse and Jennifer had a plan. So around 10 a.m. on August 9th, 2005, George pled guilty to whatever charges he, he was uh, facing. And then Jennifer followed him and two officers, Officer Morgan and Officer Harris, to the exit where a van waited to transport George back to the prison. Seeing a now or never opportunity... Jennifer whipped out a gun and started firing at the officers who returned fire on her. She shot and fatally wounded Officer Morgan. And this is Officer Wayne Morgan. He went by um, a nickname, Cotton. His funeral was attended by over a thousand people, including Tennessee's governor at the time, Phil Bredesen. And he was buried with full military honors as a Vietnam veteran. That makes me so yeah, sad. Yeah, it's really tragic. Yeah. So the other officer was injured he did not die uh, because of the injuries, but he was injured. His name is Larry Harris. He went by Porky. He had a nickname, too. And he was obviously a correctional officer working there at the, at the prison and was just injured. Somehow, the officers were able to shoot her. As they were shooting at her, they did hit her in the leg. But she was able to escape with George. And the two of them went on the run for 36 hours she wrote a memoir while in prison that she called A Modern Day Bonnie and Clyde. Is this the same memoir we were talking about before? Yes. Okay. It was riveting, right? Until she Just had you on the edge of your sheet. On, on the edge of the toilet. <laughs> and so she described this time in her life, those 36 hours, as the best time of her life. I mean, most people, after they get married... They go to Hawaii or mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know the Virgin Islands or Mexico, but she took mm -hmm. a a different type of honeymoon, a two day getaway to Ohio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they abandoned her car and and went from Kingston to Erlanger, Kentucky. Yeah, they took a cab from Erlanger, Kentucky to Columbus, Ohio, and told the driver they were going to an Amway convention. <laughs> Where does that even come from? He said that they did seem odd, but didn't notice the, the gunshot in her leg. He later made the connection when a friend told him that the couple's abandoned vehicle was found near where he picked them up. Very nice. Authorities had found blood in a motel room in Erlanger and an employee recognized the couple. So they were found and captured at an America's Best Value Inn motel in Columbus, Ohio on August the 10th. Police surrounded the motel and called the room. Jennifer picked up. Hello. Can you just <laughs> Hello. <laughs> she probably thought it was room service or something on their honeymoon. <laughs> she, yeah. So the couple left the room and they were arrested without further incident. They're Witnesses like, say Jennifer. They're, yeah. They're like the worst outlaws ever. I don't I know. Do you really feel like they should get the kind of Bonnie and Clyde moniker? I don't really think they deserve it. They don't deserve the Bonnie and Clyde yeah. for sure. Witnesses say Jennifer came out limping with her hands up yelling George, baby, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. <laughs> they said that. Oh, no, it won't. They said that apart from that, <laughs> neither of them showed much emotion. Inside the room, authorities found cans of Mountain Dew. Of course they did. And Hawaiian Punch. 
They also found takeout wrappers and weapons. I mean, this is the time of her life, these 36 hours that she was eating fast food, Mountain Dew, Hawaiian Punch. Yeah. I mean, I think we can clearly blame the police, the Mountain Dew and the Hawaiian Punch for all of this. Just Hey, Red Dye 40 is no joke. Too much sugar, too. I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> so Jennifer was treated for her gunshot wound and both were held in Columbus until extradition took them back to Tennessee. So when they got back to Tennessee, of course, they faced trial for a slew of charges against them, including first degree murder charges. On September 17th in 2007, Jennifer entered a plea deal that offered life without parole because she, of course, wanted to escape the death penalty. She had to agree to testify against George if he chose to fight the charges, which he did not. And had she been forced to testify, however, it could have caused some legal issues later on because a person cannot be compelled to testify against their spouse. Did you know this? I had no idea that you could not you could choose not to testify against your spouse. I thought there was the Fifth Amendment where you don't have to testify against yourself, but Mm -hmm. I had not heard of this. Were you aware of that? I have heard this my entire life that uh, a, a spouse is cannot be compelled. It's not that they can't testify against their spouse, but they can't be compelled. They can't be forced. They can say no. And whether that's true or not, I mean, it. Yeah, I think it's. It must be true. It's in the. It's in my show notes. That means my, my <laughs> wife is a is a lawyer. I will ask her and get back to you. Oh, you know yeah. that, right? I did know that. I forgot. She can, she can be our our like professional reference. Yes. Can a spouse be compelled to? Um, testify against this, their other, their spouse. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say well. that right? Whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so at sentencing, September 17th, 2008, she read a statement that said, I can't ask you to forgive me because what I've done is unforgivable. And I'll agree with that. Yes. She said, I don't deserve it. I just want to tell you all how truly sorry I am for what happened. It will live in the core of my heart and soul for eternity. It's a bit dramatic, but I agree with her. <laughs> well, I agree that it's unforgivable and she doesn't deserve forgiveness. I, I, I think that the way forgiveness works is that I personally believe that you have to forgive people re- whether they deserve it or not, because otherwise you, you hold resentment and bitterness in your heart and it makes yeah. you a bad person, like not a bad person, but it makes you unhappy. It, it make it, it lives inside of you and festers. It's toxic. And yeah, so you're forever punishing yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's healthier you, for the person, the victim, to forgive the other person yeah. and it not have anything to do with them. It's 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 nothing to do with them. It's like you just have to let it go. Do you believe in karma, Tina? Do you think um, these bad deeds come back to visit the people who uh, perform them? I don't know, but I don't know. I really don't. Me neither. Not sure what I believe about that. I don't think I have a belief about that, but I just believe that it's important to try to forgive others, no matter what. You should try to forgive others. That's just a personal belief that I have, um, because I think it helps you to be a better person. That's just something that I I believe. So that's basically where we are. I, you know, with uh, Jennifer and George, they're both in prison. She, mm-hmm. you know, obviously wrote that her memoir, and then they when whoever the authorities found that she was writing that, they took it away from her. I, I thought that was that's a little sad. weird. Yeah, I mean, honestly, harsh. I did think that was weird. Why can't she write a memoir? They have all types of rules in prison, I'm guessing. Maybe you can't mm. have a sharp object that you use to write it with. Okay, well, that, uh, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I, I I would think, you know, if, if she had you know, a, sharp, a sharp object, but 
and maybe if she was you know, had access to a prison in the library and she was able to, yeah. to type it out or something, I don't maybe know. Maybe she can write it in crayon. Can you injure somebody <laughs> with a crayon? Probably not. I can't think of a way, but maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's also the idea, I'm Tina, thinking. like, should somebody should somebody benefit from a horrible crime like that? Should she be able to write her novel or her memoir and publish it and get notoriety or money from it? I, I, that that's yeah, an issue. that's a good question. I don't know. I uh, should they be able to profit? I don't think so. I think that she owes a debt, a huge debt to society, and if she were to be able to. Um, get any sort of financial gain from a memoir like that it should go to a uh, the family of her victims or to a not-for-profit organization you know but that's again personal beliefs you know yeah. we all have them <laughs> <laughs> so she's still serving life without parole and george also is um, in the state of tennessee she had three children the oldest was 12 at the time of the shooting and they are they were in the uh, the custody of Jennifer's ex husband, so. So those kids are in their late twenties by now. Uh huh. Yeah, I hope everything's okay with them. Yeah. Do you ever think about these kids whose parents do horrible mm -hmm. things? Like, kind of what I do. How it affects their lives and the trajectory of their own future. I do. I think about it all the time when I do these stories, and it involves. Um, especially when I do stories that involve, you know, one spouse hurting another and it's the father or mother of their, um, their own children. It, it always just mm -hmm. absolutely just breaks my heart and it absolutely floors me and baffles my mind that someone could do that to their children, that, that someone could take away their children's parent. I don't, I don't understand. Have it. you had it, many it stories like heart. that on Good Nurse, mm -hmm. Bad Nurse? Yeah, okay. we have had a lot actually. There's a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing how two people can start off loving each other and then mm -hmm. one kills the other. <laughs> it happens all the time. It happens all the yeah. time. I mean, uh, I don't know. People are willing to literally risk throwing their own life away to destroy another person rather than just walking away. And it's usually about pride or pride, yeah. money, pride or money mm -hmm. or both. Or both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Good Nurse, Bad Nurse family. I wanted to remind you that if you are considering travel nursing, you can go to their website today at trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse, fill out a profile and start seeing opportunities right now all across the country. You can see what they pay. You can see the stipend, the hourly rate, all of that. And even before you fill out the rest of your profile and start taking the actual steps to to take an assignment. I personally have started this process and I, I want you to know that I have 100% confidence in Trusted Health and their ability to take care of me as a nurse. So if you're considering doing this, go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and just give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. If you guys are using Trusted Health right now, I want to hear your stories and what you have experienced working with Trusted Health. I've heard from several people. I've only heard amazing things. That's literally all I hear from the people that are using Trusted Health is how much they appreciate them, how the nurse advocates work for them, and how easy it is to do travel nursing using Trusted Health. They are the only company that I would use to do travel nursing just based on what I know from them. I trust them. 
They are an amazing company and they definitely live up to their name, Trusted Health. Go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile today. So I'm really happy to be able to talk about our good nurse story because that was so depressing. So our good nurse story this week is about retired nurse Nicola Coyne. She opened a hospice for dogs so they can feel loved during their final moment. It was so sweet. This is an article on the animal rescue site.greatergood.com and it is by Talon Torriero. And, um, and it says that, you know, there's just, there's some people who take their dog to the vet because something's going on. These people, the vet, the dog has been with their family for its entire life and was the family pet. But now something's going on, something's wrong with it. And they go to the vet and the vet's like, this dog has like six months to live. Or even less, right? Yeah, or like less, like maybe a week or two. And they don't want to have the dog put down. And they literally turn it over into a shelter. And it's literally going to live out its little life in a shelter, like in a dog shelter, or you know, like an animal shelter. It's awful. So what this nurse has done is she has created a little hospice in her home and she will go to the animal shelter and adopt two ailing dogs at a time. In most cases, she tries to adopt dogs that have six months or less left to live. The longest she's had a dog is around a year and the shortest was two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, and she also says like she likes people, to help you them. You never con- know. Yeah. Well, you, you can't ever predict it. You know, you, yeah. sometimes people are like, oh, six months to live. That doesn't mean anything. It's, it's a, it's a projection. It's a, it's a guess. It's an educated guess that it, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that a hundred percent, but she, I uh, thought it was so sweet. She likes to make sure that they complete their bucket lists. So that she has pup parties. She'll have trips to the beach, little steak dinners, ice cream. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. These are pretty basic. Every dog would like this bucket mm-hmm. list because yeah. um, as we all know, dogs can't actually talk. So they can't tell us what they want. That's true, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think that it's not hard to figure out what they like. You know, if you try to give them ice cream and they gobble it up, then you know they like ice cream and (laughs) you can give them more ice cream. You know, they're just so easy to to read. (laughs) Apparently, uh, according to this article, one particular dog likes um, dressing up in a bow tie because there is a very happy dog who is dying wearing a bow tie and he looks yeah just thrilled but maybe they're holding like a stake in front of him too i'm not sure he what's looks, happening behind the scenes in this photo he, he looks, looks quite dapper in his little bow tie and <laughs> there's another dog wearing a diaper <laughs> so sweet she <laughs> like spends a baby up to 600 yeah she spends up to 600 dollars on each dog using her own money and then any donations that uh-huh. she can uh, receive through her nonprofit organization. She said it can really be a, an utterly heartbreaking job, of course, but she says someone has to do yeah. it. And really, someone doesn't have to do it. She's doing this no. and keeping these dogs from having you know, to live in a cold um, cage by themselves. Uh, I, or just I, being I just put down, so right? I mean, most of these mm-hmm. dogs would be put down without any mm-hmm. kind of ceremony or a chance to kind of live out their lives with a nice mm-hmm. lady like this. I know. When they pass away, she says she has them cremated and buried in a special plot in her Nottingham home. This is in Nottingham. It can be an utterly heartbreaking job, but some t- someone has to do it. She says, Joanne Snaith from Helping Yorkshire Poundies says, Nicola does an amazing job taking in dogs 
when they've been kicked out by their owners right at the very end of their lives. It's unbelievable. Isn't that weird? I mean, I feel like that's so crazy. Giving them the love and that's care that they've that? ever received. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like, oh, I've gotten all of all that I can get from you. I can't get any more love from you. You can't make <laughs> me feel good anymore. So I'm going to get rid of you. And Nottingham, is that England, Nottingham? Mm-hmm. Or is there a place yes. in Tennessee? This no, is in okay. England. Just kidding. Okay. This seems like a very English thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if the rules and laws are a little different there too, because I think they probably, the, the animal probably would be put down if it, you know, they'd probably just be put down. Ugh. Yeah. So, do you have dogs, Tina? I have two dogs. Yeah. What kind are they? Well, one of them is a, a pit mix, but if you looked at him, you definitely see the pit. He's more pit than anything. The other one is supposed to be a pit mix, but he looks, <laughs> I don't know what he looks like. He's just, they're both black and white and one is Charlie and the other is Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I guess we can start talking, we, we can get into our not necessarily nursing news segment. And this is my, this is quickly becoming my favorite part because it's just fun. And we can just laugh and tell jokes and funny stories. And this week, I wanted to tell the funniest joke in the world. And it's literally, it is the funniest joke in the world. It is, unequivocally. Do you want to argue with me on that? (laughs) I would never argue with you to your face. (laughs) To my face. You're going to get off here and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she thought that was funny. My God, that joke was not funny. I think it's hilarious and I never get tired of telling it, but this is from an article from NHPR.org, which is New Hampshire Public Radio. And it's called, What is the Funniest Joke in the World? And so they tell a few really, I think, lame jokes that are not funny, but you know, that's just me. (laughs) And then he kind of goes into why there's a a joke that's like the funniest joke. joke in the world. And I will just skip all that and go straight to the joke. So here it is. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) Two hunters are out in the woods and one of them collapses. Now he doesn't seem to be breathing and his eyes are glazed. The other guy whips out his phone and calls the emergency services. He gasps, my friend is dead. What can I do? The operator says, calm down. I can help. Let's make sure he's dead. There's a silence, and then a shot is heard. Back on the phone, the guy says, okay, now what? <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys get it, right? He shot his friend. <laughs> Oops. I mean, because Oops. she did say, let's make sure he's dead. So he yeah. that's what he did. That's that. I feel like that is so funny because it's so unexpected, and I love stuff like that. It's like you're just you're just listening to the story, and then all of a sudden it takes this way left turn, and you're just like, "Wait, what? What?" I think it's great. So, David, what do you think yes. about that? How can we make that somehow into nursing conversation so that I can validate and justify telling that joke during the not necessarily nursing news segment? <laughs> oh, Tina, you're really putting me on the spot. Um, yes. Let me think. So it sounds like this person had good intentions. They um, wanted to help and they took some initial thoughtful steps, um, such as calling the emergency services to help their friends. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think often... Um, at the bedside, we come a, we encounter these very complex situations 
where we don't quite know what to do and we seek out advice and sometimes that advice is good, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes we misinterpret that advice as this person seems to have done. So I guess, um, you know, it's very common that although we have good intentions dealing with patients, that sometimes our intentions go awry and we end up shooting them in the face. Mm. Oh, wait, that's a little bit literal. We end <laughs> yeah, up... Yeah, that might have gone... <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that might have gone off the rails. Just we a end up, bit. yeah, yeah. We end up doing more harm than good. Well, like and, them I, in and I, yes, yeah, so I definitely think that um, you, you could talk about communication, how important it is to communicate. Have you ever done that game where you try to blind, you blindfold someone, and you try to tell them how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and so they have to do it. They have to do exactly what you say. Mm-hmm. They can't. You know, they ha- you you have to tell them and everything that you tell them to do. They have to do it exactly the way you say it, um, and it it just sort of illustrates how it's not easy to communicate clearly. Sometimes, sometimes I will I'll be talking to someone and explaining something, and I feel like I'm being perfectly clear. Uh-huh. How do you not understand? And I know that the person I'm talking to is a highly intelligent person, so I, it must be me. I can't communicate well, and I get so frustrated. I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna like back up. I'm gonna re let's reboot. I'm gonna try to try start over and explain this, but it's not easy communicating sometimes, and uh, very important details can get lost in translation. You know? Yeah, I mean. There's so many things that happen in between words. You know, words are just one way we communicate. Body language is really important. So if you are using the right words, but your body language is defensive or even aggressive, um, they don't hear the people don't hear the words. They hear how they see you. So, Mm. you know, communicating is it's really, really difficult. And you have to be really aware of so many things that um, you're kind of putting out there to the person who you know, it's, you're trying to have them listen to you. Yes. Um, and, you know, I once think again, people are people in the yeah. hospital. That's what happens. Yes. I think sometimes uh, you can be, for example, educating your patient or for in your case, your, you know, maybe your pa- patient or your parents. And so I think about when I'm educating my patient and I explain something to them and then maybe 30 minutes later, the provider comes in and ask them something and they act like they didn't know it. And I know I just explained it to them. And I'm <laughs> no, just I it's so happens. frustrating. And I'm just like, remember reasons when I was this? Remember? Remember? And I'm like, you looking feel like at the such doctor, a jerk like, too. Like you didn't do your job. Just like, <laughs> we just talked about this, remember? <laughs> and there's like, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way it often comes up in my work is that you're in the room, the doctor is explaining something about a diagnosis or a plan of care for the patient. And the patient's nodding their head. They're taking it in. The doctor leaves the room and they look at you and they're like, what did he say? <laughs> yes, that happens all the time. All the time. It can be very frustrating, too, because I'm just like, why didn't you ask him? Now I've got to ch- to chase him down or I can try to relay it to you. But then a lot of times they'll even say, oh, I meant to ask them this. And then you're just like, now you expect me <laughs> to ask them the question. And what do you have to do? You literally have to chase them down. Hey, they meant to ask you this question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I think nurses often have to be the um, the medium of communication between uh, other healthcare providers. And that's what we do best. I think we're at the bedside and yeah. we don't shoot our patients. Please don't. Don't do please that. Please don't. I think it's a very wise joke. It tells us a lot about how we yeah. interact as humans. 
Yes, I agree. I agree. I think it does. It helps to illustrate the importance of communication and maybe making sure that you understand what the person is saying before you go ahead with, you know, whatever intervention, you know, be sure and like read back to the doctor. So this is what you're expecting me to do. Um, Because if he had to say, so you mean you want me to like kill him and make sure he's dead? No, I don't want you to kill him. Oh, okay. (laughs) And that would have been a less funny joke, but a better outcome for the the guy. (laughs) Yes. Which our laughs are less important than human life. We we both agree on that, right? Yes. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) 100%. Well, I guess that wraps it up for another episode. Appreciate you coming on to host with me always. Always remind everybody yeah, where fun. they can find Nurse Papa. Uh, Nurse Papa is a podcast that you can find on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in Nurse Papa. And you know, you can find us at goodnursebadnurse.com. We have a, a Patreon account. Um, you can go to our website. And if you click bec- become a member of our Patreon group, it's called The Break Room. You get all access to all kinds of extra material on there, including a little sneak peek of our study guide for the CCRN. We're st- we are working on that and developing a discussion-based study guide. It'll be me and another critical care nurse that is basically going through the CCRN material, all the material that's going to be on the CCRN and just talking about it, talking it out. We have a little PowerPoint on there and we just kind of discuss it. And we're, as we're working on each little bit of that, we're putting it on the, the uh, Patreon account. So if you become a member, you'll get access to those and then um, be able to see them and definitely give us your feedback. You can email us at Tina at goodnursebadnurse.com and just let us know, give us your feedback. Let us know what you're thinking about Uh, the episode or if you have any feedback about anything we welcome your comments i promise feedback is very nice yes and of course i want to remind you guys that even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy just be a good nurse Mm -hmm.